Today is Thursday, October 29th, and you're listening to the MS is Messy podcast. This is your host, Kim, and I have a confession to make. I have been dragging my feet about recording another podcast for lots of what I thought were very good reasons, but the reality is that I am simply afraid. Afraid no one's really interested in what I have to say. Afraid that there's too much going on in the world right now for anyone to give a hoot about this silly little podcast. But ultimately, I'm most afraid to really let others in on what scares me the most, to be vulnerable enough to share my struggles for fear of looking weak. By not being completely honest with you, the listener, and ultimately myself, I'm not giving you permission to be your authentic self in my presence. I can't seem to let go of my own selfish pride and ego long enough to really let people in. Only through thoughtful discussion that doesn't bypass the uncomfortable do we really grow and evolve. I just listened to one of my very favorite social scientists and authors, Brene Brown, talking with Oprah on a Super Soul Sunday podcast, and so much came up for me, stuff I thought I had a pretty good handle on, but I clearly don't yet. I'm always hesitant to really dig into my childhood trauma for fear of hurting or offending my mom, even though most of my deep-seated issues have more to do with my late father's very strict child-rearing style, which I now understand came from his own fear and anxiety. Besides, my mom is my biggest cheerleader, always supporting my healing above all else. My dad, on the other hand, lost his own mother when he was just 21 to lung cancer, a cruel ending, especially since she never smoked a day in her life. My father had a younger brother who was just 13 when their mom passed, so dad had to grow up really fast to help take care of him. My dad's father was still around, but was definitely not the nurturing type, so much of my uncle's upbringing fell to my dad. Our grandfather lived with us for a bit when I was young, and I remember being scared to death of him because he was an angry, bitter man. Our grandfather showed us grandkids no love, so I can just imagine how my dad was raised. I understood from an early age that kids were to be seen and not heard. I very rarely got to order my own food when on occasion we would go out to eat. Our dad would order, but we didn't dare complain because you just didn't do that sort of thing back then. I was and still am a very picky eater, so I think back to those days and wonder if this anxiety around eating started back then. I know my anxiety around sleeping has everything to do with my chaotic childhood. I remember my mom leaving my dad late at night, waking us up to get in the car to go to my grandma's. I sometimes wonder if my mom would have left my dad back then had she had the means to take care of three small children by herself. As I've spoken of before, we were always moving, sometimes three times a year, so the constant upheaval became the norm. I was always on shaky ground, keenly aware as I got older, not to get too comfortable, as we would be moving again soon. Of course, if we couldn't even order our own food at restaurants, we most definitely didn't have a say about the next move, which became maddening as I got older and started making friends. I also wonder if my bladder issues today have anything to do with the long road trips we took as kids when asking dad to stop for a bathroom break might incite an angry response from him. Like most kids, I didn't want to disappoint my dad, so I sucked it up and waited as long as I possibly could. Of course, I now get how traveling with four kids cross-country might be exasperating, but at the time, I was just confused. I tell you all this as a backdrop to some of the issues I still have to this day. Living through the uncertainty of this pandemic is only exacerbating my anxiety thus causing me to really sit with my emotions, to examine their root cause. Our daughter, who is a clinical therapist, is convinced that getting to the bottom of this childhood trauma might help me heal from MS. She recommends hypnotherapy, which I will look into once we're not in quarantine. 
I would guess that many people living with an autoimmune disease can pinpoint something in their childhood that was traumatic. So in lieu of therapy, I want to continue to explore the deep-rooted issues that might be contributing to my physical decline. There is something to the link between childhood trauma and sickness, which in my case manifested into full-blown MS. You can deny this link, but like Brene said, the body keeps score and it always wins. Let me get this straight. I'm not blaming my dad because I know he did the best he could with the tools he had available, but I don't want to keep making the same mistakes with my own family. Although I'm a little late to the party, it's never too late to improve your communication with your grown children. I was a very young mother to my oldest, only 18 when she was born, so I messed up a ton raising her. I had no idea what I was doing most of the time, just surviving the best way I knew how, but I do regret not being a better mother to her. This last weekend, we started discussing whether or not we were going to have to cancel Thanksgiving because of COVID. All of my adult children have been on high alert since this pandemic started last March, really afraid that if I get it, that I might not survive because of the MS and my age. I try and reassure them that as far as I know, no one with MS has died from COVID, but no one wants to be the one that kills mom. Consequently, they take turns giving me a hard time about doing anything outside the house or resuming my normal activities. I think they would prefer to wrap me up in bubble wrap with an ankle monitor so they can be assured of my safety at all times. When this discussion about Thanksgiving came up last week, I was already prepared for an argument. I understand that small family and friend gatherings are driving another spike in COVID cases, according to the experts, but I live for family get-togethers. I got very defensive when my daughter, the lawyer, started questioning the very idea of us all getting together for the holidays. She is so logical and I know she's probably right, but there's too much emotion tied into getting the family together for me. Like everyone else, I'm feeling frustrated with the current state of affairs, angry at not being able to do anything about it. As Brene points out, this innocent conversation about Thanksgiving had me emotionally hooked. So I want to further explore why this triggered me so. It's probably safe to say that because I, did, I didn't feel in control in my own childhood, I am overcompensating for that now. If there is anything that this pandemic has shown us is that we are not at all in control of our lives. So besides being a control freak, I am defensive almost every time I am challenged by anyone, but especially my children. I realize that this behavior makes bringing up any kind of sensitive issue with me a difficult challenge for my kids, which is the last thing I want. I want my family to feel like they can say anything to me without fear. I am sad to be repeating some of the same patterns of parenting that I grew up with, because clearly that's unhealthy. The good news is it's never too late in life to change and grow, which is exactly what I intend to keep doing. Thanks for listening to my therapy session and good luck navigating your own family's dynamics over the holidays.